to the Rocks and Roots podcast, coming at you live from our tent site at Marcy Dam. I am one of your hosts, Tumbles, and to the right of me is... Cranky. Yo. Good evening. It's been a long time. Yes, it's been about a month since we've done one of these. Oh my gosh. So, yeah, I've had Mrs. Cranky issues. She has some medical stuff, so we've been cooling it on trail, but now we're back at it. So we left at approximately 6. Oh, yeah. From the Adirondack Lodge, where we drove up here four hours. <laughs> yes, we did get here by car. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and got up into the High Peaks region. It was my first time to the lodge, first time doing this hike. Meanwhile, this crazy nut next to me has done it now about 25,000 times. <laughs> or three. Or three. This would be time number three. <laughs> so yeah, um, quick information. If you have not been in the Adirondack, this is probably one of the most popular hikes because you depart. Well, a lot of the peaks you can depart from the lodge. But the lodge is fantastic. They got an outfitter. They got burgers. You pay your money, leave it in an envelope so that you can park in the lot overnight. Become an Appalachian Mountain Club member and you get discount on your parking. And get here either like we did later in the evening or really fucking early in the morning. I'm talking like 2 a.m. Yeah. Because this shit fills up and then you're going to end up parking on the road and you're adding an extra two miles to your hike. Not fun. No, it is not fun. And for all you wonderful anti-COVID people because COVID is over uh, if you want to go into their shop and use the restroom you still have to wear your mask or you can go around like I did and there's an entrance is not there? through the shop holy shit and you can pee mask free <laughs> <laughs> that is really great to know so the trailhead is right in the parking lot there's so many bugs they're there on the outside it's all good <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Trailhead's at the parking lot It's about two miles to the dam Most of that is on private um, Lodge land So it's nice and glorious The second you hit State land It's owned by the Appalachian Mountain Club Yes The second you hit New York Department of Environmental Conservancy Land um, it's not too bad right now, but it, it's not as nice and not as well maintained. You will definitely understand once you get to Marcy Dam and you'll see the ripped apart bridge. Yes. <laughs> so we found lovely rangers that yelled at us because we don't have bear canisters. Um, uh, so we're... Well, we made the mistake and asked them, you know, are there, is there a lean-to somewhere? Yes. We should have made camp on the other side. Yes. So anyway. Anyhow. We're in camp. Our our food is at Ranger Rick's hut. <laughs> His name? Yep. Rick? <laughs> really? <laughs> Ranger Rick. Ranger Rick. <laughs> so, and tomorrow... He was a sprightly young lad, happy to be... The uh, gate, caretaker, the gatekeeper of, of Marcy Dam. <laughs> well done, son. Um, <laughs> so tomorrow we summit the highest mountain in New York, 
uh, New York State. We will tell you all about that on tomorrow's episode. Because the Rocks of Roots podcast. <laughs> yes, you're going to get double the fun this weekend. Because we owe you about a month's worth. Yes, for all ten listeners, That's we love right. you. Oh, you know, first although, it was two, now then it was yes. six. Although Instagram, we've been averaging a new follower on the Instagram like one a day for yeah, the last but it week or so. On, like, I don't think many people go to podcast land and listen that's okay we're still having mrs cranky's one of them yes we're having a blast so anyway um so we figured we promised at least one of our loyal listeners hi Bearbox, um a book review wait before we do book reviews excuse me Bearbox. we have to talk about our gear debuts oh yes yes so <laughs> i in one of our other episodes, I had squeed my little heart out because I had just <laughs> I had just ordered my enlightened enlightened equipment. I think you ordered it, not me. I forget what company ordered it, but enlightened equipment quilt. I can tell you, it's purple. It it is purple. God damn it! It is a purple and gray quilt. It is um, a twenty degree. Um, word rated Dang, at 20 that's degrees the word. thank you so much you are welcome i have poison ivy on my face aphasia is really big <laughs> it really sucks too um anyway rated down to 20 degrees um jumping into it momentarily i think it's really cool because it clips to your sleeping pad it does i think it that's does. awesome couple the only thing is I, I shouldn't have cheap, cheapened out. I mean, spent enough money on this, and it's going to last me forever. But uh, I could have ordered the quilt with a hood, mm-hmm. and I didn't. But I could order it separately because it does snap, just snap onto the quilt. I think that would be a wise decision. I did bring a hat. Yeah, right now, just because I know you all are dying to know. Oh, shit. It is gorgeous. It's 60-some degrees. It's almost 9 o'clock at night. The sun is still shining, but it is supposed to get down to 36 tonight. Welcome to upstate New York. The fucking mountains. Love it. Mm-hmm. So what did you get, Crank? I don't have anything new, actually. You lying liar that lies. What am I lying? I have... Shoes. Oh. <laughs> I barely count those at this point. Well, hold on. Let me grab one so that I can <laughs> examine this. So I have... Oh, yes. The saga of the shoes. So I'm also a runner. We are both also runners. And I had been rocking Ghost, um, Brooks Ghost 11s for literally 500 miles which you should don't do. do don't do that they were quite literally coming apart at the seams if you were an avid runner six months or 300 miles or one year and 500 miles whatever so last week i bought two ultra loves me this month because i spent over almost 300 dollars on shoes <laughs> so <laughs> i have ultra running shoes i'll talk about those at another point but i have ultra lone peak fives i thought they were 5.5s but they are fives and i can tell no difference between them and the 4.5s you got your little mud flappy catch thing on the back um yeah we talked about ultras a lot on this podcast but wide toe box so your toes can stretch sponsor us ultras yes so it's more natural zero drop 
Um, I had just forgotten what brand new trail runners felt like. I was like walking on a cloud up here. And they're blue. Yes, this is what happens when you're on Amazon. REI did not have them. Uh, in case y'all didn't know, there's supply shortages of everything in this country right now. So REI did not have them. Um, Amazon did. And this is what happens when you look at the picture instead of clicking the color and the picture looks black and it's blue. <laughs> but that's okay. They look fucking awesome. So, yeah, they are really nice. I cannot recommend Ultra Lone Peaks enough. And since it hasn't rained up in the Adirondacks for eight days... Yes. We may not get the raging torrent of water going up the mountain. So your shoes may be saved this time. Nice. So yeah, we will talk about that tomorrow. But this trail is... A river runs through it. it the trail is... It's a good movie. Yes, is a stream <laughs> most of the year. So... And not only that, but because there are so many people on this trail all year round... It gets trampled on and trampled on and trampled on, then it causes a bit of a valley on the trail, yep. which causes a ravine when it rains. And or it's mel or it's a melting season. <laughs> yep, erosion. erosion. Mm -hmm. Yes. So, yeah, we will report on the actual conditions tomorrow. Manana. Yes. All right, now we can go forth and talk about our books. Yes, so we told you all about a month ago that we bought Jeffrey Ryan uh, has he's got a third one out now but we read the first two so this is the guy that took 28 years to hike the AT and he wrote a book on it called Appalachian Odyssey which I read and the crank read a history of the AT which that book is called um <laughs> yes um, it was that good <laughs> yes the subtitle is the rivalry that built the appalachian trail um avery and mckay um yes benton mckay and the other guy's name is avery the rivalry that built the appalachian trail so, oh very good yes i put it together most professional podcast on the internet. There we go. So would you like to go first since you finished your book first? Sure. So Appalachian Odyssey. Guy started math. 1987. And didn't finish the trail until 2011, 2012. And they all live, him and his buddy live in... New England. So they had done Katahdin quite a number of times. They did the long trail together in the 80s. And so one day as they were doing the approach from Abel Bridge to, I believe it's Abel Bridge to Katahdin, they pretty much said, okay, well, we've done a section, so we might as well just continue hiking it. So, Sounds familiar. Mm -hmm. However, with those two numb nuts, they <laughs> did one big trip a year. And it sounded like they were active to a point, but a lot of the time when every chapter was another year or so. 
if you're spending that year sitting on a, your ass and not yes, doing much, it's gonna hurt it's gonna <laughs> the first a, few days. Yeah, it's gonna sure. be a rough section hike. Definitely. And I mean they would do pretty big sections. They did the entire Shenandoah in once in one uh trip they did the Smokies all in one trip they did. That's pretty awesome. I wish we were able to do that. Uh yeah, it would make life easier and uh cheaper. <laughs> uh they did most of Maine in one trip, which is goals. That, that we, is we should damn try impressive. That. Yeah. That's two hundred and something miles. All right. Well save your sick days. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, overall I I enjoyed I enjoyed the memoir. It not as good as Heather Anderson's books uh, about the AT and the PCT because just because, well, because Heather is just a better writer. What I found with Ryan's books is, uh, I mean, he's a marketer for, he was a marketer for an outdoors company. Of course, he didn't name it in the book, but he didn't you didn't have a great editor let's just say didn't have a great editor i'm yeah finding <laughs> the same thing yes um some well, you were talking about how laughable moments in that book where especially the packs yes i was gonna say you're talking about how numb nuts their weight oh my lord stars so of course in the 80s you start out with an external frame pack Aluminium. And it's heavy. So and yes, that's how you pronounce it. Aluminium. Fuckers. Anyway. Oh, okay. <laughs> so your pack is going to weigh between 50 and 75, 80 pounds. Okay, great. Especially if you're doing a 10 to 12 uh, day hike without stopping. So you're, you're packing food for all of those days. And also the food selection for hikers back then is not the food selection for hikers that we have today everything's ultra light these days i mean the tent that i'm sleeping in to the quilt that i'm sleeping in to the pad that i'm sleeping on everything to the pack i'm wearing on my back everything is ultra light these days and, and of course it's in, i love it because you can go farther and carry more shit back then not so much so Fine, you're forgiven for the first maybe 10 years of your <laughs> hike, okay? Once you reach 2,000 onward, I think they finally switched to internal frames. Thank Jesus. I was late to that switch too, to be fair, but... But you're not writing a goddamn book about true, it. and right. I wasn't hiking the entire trail. Yes, so they're numb nuts. Come 2011, when they finished the hike at Springer... They were still, they're in their 60s at this point. They're still carrying 70-pound packs. You had gossamer gear in 2011 to save your back. Yes. Oh my God. You had Mountain House. You had, de yeah. You had most Options. of what we have today. Yes. That irritated the shit out of me. <laughs> well... Especially because you said they were still, like, grumbling about it. Yeah, definitely. So if you're going to do that, like, I get... And you were saying that a lot of their food weight was because they were glamping. Yeah, they had cans. They were still using cans in the 2000s. Say to yourself, put stuff in... Uh, put your non-perishables in Ziploc bags. It'll save weight. And just, like, simple stuff. 
So if you're going to glamp like that and you want your can of beans, that's fine. But don't bitch about your weight. And so that's the book. Would I recommend it? Sure, if you want a good read about the AT, you know, if you want to read about, like, specific parts of the trail, sure, read it. I wouldn't say it was amazing, but I wouldn't say it was horrible either. So I give it a, eh, I'll give it a 6.5 out of 10. Okay. Yeah. And, yeah, when I was reading mine, I was, same thing, it wasn't the greatest book ever, but how many people are actually writing about this? Mm -hmm. You have Anderson, you have Bill Bryson, you have, um, there's a book about Emma Gatewood that oh, you yeah. read last year. Yeah, that was a good book. Um, so there's not a lot out there. So I found my photograph that I took of the cover to do this episode. Oh, good job. So Blazing Ahead, uh-huh. Benton Mackay and Myron Avery. And the rivalry that built the Appalachian Trail. Myron? Yes. Huh. So this is, again, Jeffrey Ryan's second book. And he decided to do a book strictly on the history. Because you said there were some historical anecdotes in yours. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it really kind of ticked me off. Don't talk about... Um, what's the thing, the event that happened in Massachusetts... Oh, uh, the Rebellion. Thank you. The um, Shays Shays Rebellion. Rebellion. Don't talk about Shays Rebellion, please. You're not a historian. Or you didn't do as much research as you should have. There you go. You don't have to be an historian. Just do a bit more research at the end. Love me. So he decided to do an entire book (laughs) on (laughs) the history of the trail and focus partially on these two guys. So Benton Mackay was the... um, the idea guy. He came up with the idea for a trail from uh, Georgia to Maine. And he... What a stupid idea. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. ridiculous. It's costing us thousands upon thousands of dollars. <laughs> <laughs> so he was a socialist. Um, like straight up. I respect the early 20th century socialists because they were honest about it and they were not obfuscating their goals at all. They were straight up saying, this is what we are. Yeah, they're not like masking it with BLM or anything like that. Anyway, keep going. So, (laughs) goodbye listeners. Goodbye everybody. (laughs) Um, Fucking Marxists. So he had four main ideas, like this this trail, and then there were four tenants. I don't remember all of them. One of them was the trail was going to go from north to se- or south to north, cover all of the East Coast. Great, that is accomplished. Apparently, Florida doesn't matter <laughs> at all. <laughs> well, apparently, the Florida Trail sucks, so I'm glad I mean, it doesn't it go really there. It really does, actually. Um, Second idea was there are going to be lean-tos and shelters. Congratulations. Accomplished. And then he gets into, like, wacky territory. He envisioned that surrounding the trail would be farming communities and communes where people would farm for, again, no profit, just sharing everything. And share with the hikers on this, this foot highway. Um, yeah, obviously that did not happen. There are trail towns, but they like money which is good because money is good so (laughs) um but this guy was not able to bring his ideas to fruition and that's where myron avery comes in this guy was a 
bastard. This guy was mean, nasty, but that's kind of what you needed to coordinate 14 different states and federal government. You needed to be an asshole. Yeah, because you needed to just, like, cut the shit and just get shit done. Okay. So Benton kind of fades to the background, and Myron Avery takes over. He was a maritime lawyer, so he's got a full-time, incredibly demanding job. And then he's also coordinating the entire trail, um, setting up mountain clubs, setting up... Um, so he's a masochist. Yes, basically. He, gotcha. he died in his early 50s. He literally worked himself to death. Uh-huh. He is the first person to hike all 2,000 miles. Uh-huh. Not at once. He didn't do like you would consider a through hike, but just in the process of building the thing and measuring... He covered all 2,000 miles. Cool. Um, Which is very different from the trail we know today. Yes, it started in a completely different place. It, Which, if we ever get back down there, which I'm sure we will, yes. I would love to find Oglethorpe. Yes, and the reason it was moved was because Oglethorpe got trashed because everyone wanted to see the start of the AT and it it literally got trashed. So they moved it to Springer. Springer is more isolated. You have to hike to Springer. Which is an eight-mile hike or a treacherous road which kills cars. Yes. (laughs) Um, Yeah, maybe we'll talk about that tomorrow too. (laughs) So Avery did a lot of writing, made a lot of enemies. Like He would write 2,000-word essays uh, he would write like 30 page essays and then expect the main outdoor magazine to publish them. And they're like, well, it's, it's four a qu- pages long. It's a quarter of a book, dude. Can you trim this to like four pages, two pages? And he'd be like, no, fuck you. Um, so he made a lot of enemies and made a lot of enemies in the process of coordinating the trail. But you kind of needed that to pull everything together in the middle of the depression. So the book is, I'm going to give it a 6 out of 10. He is not a historian. I learned a lot. But he does not know how to take primary sources and then interpret them and tell a story. Like, he would write a paragraph, and then it's almost like, eh, forget it. I'm just going to put this entire letter in here and quote (laughs) it. Um, So I did, I learned a lot. Shenandoah was a mess. They literally had the trail built and then the national park service came in and built skyline drive over top of the trail which Um, is why you cross the trail 25 or so times yes and that is actually that was actually the best part of the book because that's where he and Mackay split because Mackay is like no there shouldn't be a road here we have to fight the federal government we got to get this road ripped up the trail should be right on the the ridge line and Avery's thing was, no, dude, like, we just got to get it done. Just build it end to end. Pick your battles. Yep. We're going to put it below the road or above the road, wherever is the easiest. Like, the federal government is already here. Skyline Drive is built. You're not fighting that. And they that's where they split up because Mackay was like, no, like, the trail needs to be this environmental masterpiece. And again, Pure. His, yeah. yeah. So, um, six out of ten. It's probably the only book out there that does this job of trying to tell the history so get it for that if you're Mm. interested but it's not the best written it's basically just a paragraph and then somebody's letter and then another paragraph and then another letter i wonder if he got the research from the atc no a little bit 
he yeah. got a little bit from there, but a lot of it he got from the main state archives. Really? Yes. Oh. oh, there's another guy real quick. Walter Green was a stage actor who would spend summers up in Maine in the wilderness. Mm. And he ran into Avery literally in the woods and he became Avery's go-to guy when Avery couldn't get to Maine. So Walter Green builds basically the trail in Maine. Cool. By himself, basically. Hmm. So, so it was the Maine State Archives? Yeah. Okay. So that's uh, where well, You know what? I'm actually glad that the Conservancy doesn't have those, those letters. files yeah. in their possession. Because from what we hear, their archives are a complete disaster. Yeah, I forget the lady's name, but uh, I was listening to Backpacker Radio, and there was one of their guests was saying that the ATC archives are literally boxes stacked floor to ceiling, not organized at all. And probably not in acid-free folders or tissue paper or anything to that nature. And what do y'all pay the ATC for? Uh, we get nice emails that we read that one time and got a podcast episode out of it. We didn't even have to pay, though. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I don't know what you get. Okay. So Don't join the ATC. We no. hate them. Join the Appalachian Mountain Club instead. You can see where your money is going. And yes, I'm looking at it right now, and it is awesome. Yes. So, yeah, I would say 6 out of 10. Yeah, all right. Yeah, so, basically, the same thing. What all are right, we at for Ryan. time? Do we want to wrap this up? Or We're at 25. 25? You want to talk about that article, or...? Quickly, which, I mean, better than, uh... Better than... <laughs> Kyle O'Fucking-Grady. Yes. <laughs> so there's an article. It's about a month old at this point, but there's an article in Backpacker Magazine. Um, it is titled, Is Through Hiking Bad for Your Health? Which is a very misleading... It's clickbait. It's clickbait, yeah. It's a very misleading so title. Basically, they tracked this guy that was doing a through hike of the PCT... And um, they did a bunch of readings and, and he had a full physical and x-rays prior. And then they did the same thing when he got back. And what they found was that his he had arterial sclerosis. His um, brachial arteries were cl like clogged. They were saying basically his heart aged. 10 years in the space of a couple of months. Which is crazy. And they are attributing that to all the crap. To that, through hiking. Yes. Basically attributing it to through hiking because most, if not all, well, most through hikers, because you do have some of those folks that are very nutrition conscious on trail and bring all of their freeze dried goodies with them. But most hikers that are through hiking trails bring your typical trail food, your oatmeal and your I had a mountain house. sugar, sugary snacks and jerky and basically no fruit if or you, veg. <laughs> if you go to a town, you eat a pizza. Right, or a burger or something yeah. like that. So, yeah, we all eat like shit on trail, basically. Yes. You get um, calorie and, sh and carb-dense food to keep you going. But a study is not one person, so they're calling it a, a study. study. It's not. And it was one person. And he's an outlier because he did not lose weight. If you're through hiking, most people actually lose weight. Liz managed to maintain. Okay. And we are talking about handstand. Yes, handstand from 
New Hampshire. Liz Kidder. Who hiked the trail in 2018. Um, so most people lose weight. Right. And then at the end, they sneak in that it's all reversible. With proper diet and exercise, any damage is reversible. Well, you to add on to that, he did the PCT, which is 2,600 miles in 110 days, which is about a month, if not longer. Um, he did it faster, faster than, most than the majority By of through hikers. Thank you for putting That's that okay. all together. Thank you very he much. He was also doing weird shit like push ups. Push ups. So this was not a normal through hiker. No, who the fuck does push ups? I mean, maybe if you're if if the the wind is blowing the right way, and you're like, hey, you know, let's work on the upper body here, friends. No. Yes. Yeah. No. No. So it's also the PCT. Most of well, I'm not going to say most because I don't know. I don't have a map in front of me. But a large portion of that is flat until you reach the mountains. So your cardio is not getting like the AT. You're going up and down, up and down. You're getting a lot more cardio. Yes, and going from sea level if not low or below sea level then hitting kennedy meadows and getting up into the sierras which is you're maintaining an elevation between six and eight thousand feet and then up and down on those peaks that's a pretty drastic thing for your body yes and then going you may be going down you're probably going down a little bit after tahoe but um yeah i i think it's bs bottom line the article was clickbait we're not saying through hiking is good for your health, but it's it's not going to permanently damage you in any way. And if you are concerned, based on what happened to this guy, um, eat a little healthier. You can do dehydrated fruit. You can do more oatmeal and less, you know, pop tarts and you bring can... fruit with you after you hit a trail town. Yeah, and it'll be eaten within two days. Yep. At least you get some nutrients in you. Are we going to be doing that on any of our section hikes? Fuck, Fuck no. no. But you can if you want to. <laughs> um, I mean, you, you were the healthy one today. We were feeding a banana. I did, but then I had a Mountain House Chili Mac that was 2.5 servings. I ate it myself. And between the two of us, we destroyed an entire bag of cheese Chex Mix. <laughs> But the banana balances all that out. That's my nutritional advice. You know what? I'm cl- I was close to sitting next to him, so I got some of that. <laughs> oh, shit. All right, friends. I think that's it. It's closing in on... What time are we at? 9.04. Ooh, yeah. So we have to get our asses up at 2 o'clock tomorrow morning so we can catch a sunrise on Mount Marcy. And we will update you tomorrow. After we're done. Amen. Alrighty, y'all. Have good ones. Good night. Sleep tight. Don't let all those motherfucking bugs bite. Night.